podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Hello and welcome to the Midweek Fix with me, Jamie Home. I hope you're all keeping well and looking after yourselves. I'm delighted to say I can finally present one of these shows after a Liverpool win, which should make things a little bit easier. Uh, as always, the Midweek Fix is brought to you by footballprizes.co.uk. This week's prize is a good one. It's a framed Liverpool jersey signed by the main man, Jurgen Klopp. And plus in the frame oh, wow. is actually the... I know, mate. Wait, that's not the that's not the best bit. Within the frame, there is a Champions League, Premier League, Super Cup and Club World Cup winners medal as part of it. So uh, I think it's only 7.45 to enter. So well worth it for that prize. Now, tonight... Joining me, I have our gaffer, Gav Doyle. I have the YouTube sensation, that is Grizz Khan, and our very own football encyclopedia himself, Keith Plunkett. Lads, it feels good to be doing one of these podcasts after a good performance and a win. It's been a while. Yeah. Certainly has. Yeah. Um, I have you surprised by my intro there? Did you like that intro, by the way? I thought that was all right. I don't know. I don't know about <laughs> YouTube sensation. I oh, really I know. do. Oh, I do. I know about it. Do you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, okay. No surprise but, there. No, honestly, uh, honestly, lads, it's it's an amazing feeling. It's it's crazy, crazy how much of an influence this club has on our mood. I mean, just us lads, like like you know, we've been even even though we keep each other going, you know, and cracking jokes and and sort of resorting to playing Warzone and everything. Nothing beats. Nothing beats an LFC win. And that yesterday was just, you know, it was just so good to have a clean sheet, to no injuries after the game, you know, and a sensational performance from 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 my opinion anyway. Yeah, Gav, I think one of the things that pleased me the most about the game is we looked a little bit like Liverpool again. Um, you know, we looked solid, resolute. Um, and the, the front three looked at it, or, or certainly Mane and, and, and Salah looked a, looked a threat. You must have been pleased with what you saw. Yeah, first and foremost, results. Um, you know, Sean, he said something to me last week. He said, Gav, just results, and, and, and I'm winning on it. You know, like, we capitalise on two... We, we capitalised on one definite mistake and then a misjudgment by, by the defender for the second. But it was a real open game. Um, and I think a suit with Liverpool. There was some shaky moments in it, but it's a European tie away to a, a very, very good side. But look, Jamie, all you want is wins. All you want is results. You, we need, we've talked about the spark we need or just to get a bit of momentum. And that'll, that'll help the team. But overall, yeah, listen, it was a bit more like it, wasn't it? There was, there was more movement. There was, everything was done a bit sharper, a bit quicker. Um, and look, after what we've seen, we, we I thought we were quite good against Leicester for, for 70 odd minutes or whatever it was. Um, 80 minutes probably. Um, but that, that last night was, 
the big thing for me was a clean sheet. You know, I, I much prefer to win that 2-0 than say 3-1. I know it's a two-goal win, but yeah. to win it with a clean sheet, there was moments that they had, don't get me wrong, um, it wasn't a perfect performance, but it'll be massive for the players to come away from that with a clean sheet, a win in Europe and, and one foot in the quarterfinals. I think that's the big one, isn't it, Keith? The confidence, you know, the, you know, we're going into the game at the weekend against, you know, a, a, an Everton with their tails up. All right, I think they're losing to City tonight, but they're still going to be bouncing into that derby, thinking they can lay a glove on us. You know, we probably got everything we needed from that game, confidence-wise, going into the derby. Yeah, uh, I done the red reaction show last night, and uh, Gar, Chris, and Paul were on, and, and we were joking, saying, you know, it was nice to be on after a win, you know, and and to see the positives. And there were a lot of positives. Look, we're not going to play teams like Leipzig every week. Unfortunately, we will be reverting back to playing the park bus merchants that'll, you know, won't open open up the game. And that that that's a tactic that teams use, and you just have to find a way around it. But the more wins as Gav said we spoke on the Fatback Four the other night you know the performances will come but the wins get the result get the result and then the confidence picks up and you can see facets of the play in every game Gav's right about Leicester against City against United there was parts of the games where our play looked like it was coming back West Ham obviously it all clicked Spurs we were very good as well but if we can string you know a series of results together over the next few weeks that puts Liverpool back to where we need to be in my my opinion now last night was the the perfect storm because it was a, a great result 2-0 Gav's right no away goal conceded but a clean sheet as well Alisson came in for a lot of stick recently we all know that and the commentary last night had him down as being absolutely woeful as well which was a bit unfair he kept a clean sheet makes an excellent save and they're the things we have to walk on. Do you know, they're the little um, things we have to get over. But we can't say we've torn the corner yet because we don't know what's around the corner. Do you know what I mean? Like We can say we're seeing signs of improvement, but we need players to stay fit and we need players to start coming back and we will discuss players coming back later on. But yeah, I thought it was great to, to have that confidence and that swagger back. And, and you're right, Jamie, you know, Salah, Mane up top, they looked at it, they looked hungry. Um, We'll touch on other individual performances, but you know the midfield done well and the defence done well. It was it was a good all around performance by Liverpool. Keith kind of touches on on Salah there, and I'll come to you on this one, Grizz. If you actually read out the stats of this fella, so 186 games, 118 goals, 41 assists. So that's 159 goal involvements in 186 games. He comes up with the goods yet again. Uh, he issued a rallying cry last week in terms of being able to, to, he wanted the players to show up and they turn things around and he was at the forefront of them starting to do that. Is he still a little bit underrated for you, Chris? Is he muted? Yeah, I, I was going to say that. Not now. There you go, Those, those, those numbers that you've mentioned, they, uh, <laughs> I, know, I know you did. Uh, those numbers that you've mentioned, Jamie, are insane levels. They are absolutely insane levels. And every week, it seems like he breaks another record. Like every week we hear, oh, Mohamed Salah reaches this number or this number. And, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty mad that in a season like sort of the season we're having and, and the media agenda and narrative absolutely stinks, but it shows you. I just read, right, because I, I didn't read your agenda until about two minutes just before. 
as you do. It's all right, mate. We're, we're making it up as we go along anyway. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I quickly done. I quickly done some research, right? And lads, <laughs> and that, well, <laughs> oh no, I'm, I'm deadly serious. Check this out. All right, guys. This season, right? So the agenda, the narrative. If you if you believe the media and you, if you believe every Tom Dick and Harry on on Twitter, it's Mo Salah's regressing, Liverpool regressing. It's awful. We need to swap him or sell him, um, and bring in someone else. Well, he scored more. Than, he's outscored Ronaldo, Messi, Mbappe, Haaland, Neymar, Suarez this season. That's fact, guys. In this fucking season of seasons where it seems as though he's getting blasted from all quarters. You know, and he's outscored all these mega world stars. Does he get the same respect as the lads that we've just mentioned? No. I mean, it seems like Haaland is scoring or scored a hundred goals this season, but you find out that Salah scored more. It's unreal. The, the levels of disrespect will continue, unfortunately, in my opinion, Jamie, until he's no longer in the Premier League, and then, and then we'll sit back in about five, six years' time and say, "Wow." Mohamed Salah really was one of the true, true greats of the Premier League. And all this, and all this, guys, say what you want. All this from a predominantly right wing forward position, not even a central position. Yeah. So it shows you the eye he has for a goal. And you just can't, you just can't put money on that. You can't just, you can't, you can't create that in someone. You can't build that in someone. You have it or you don't. And this is, this is just unbelievable numbers, what you've just said. Can I jump in there before we move on? Jonathan in the chat makes a good point and it's something I was going to bring up about Salah. It's, um, I'll throw it up here. Talk sport, oh sorry, talk sport only talk about Salah if he wins a pen, never about how good he is. And I was going to ask, like, did you even notice the narrative against City when he gets the penalty and the talk is about how he, he, he uh, it's like he cons the ref into the penalty because it was it was relatively soft. You know what I mean? It wasn't. It, it, there was a narrative straight away about you know, oh, he, he wins that with the um, nearly snidiness about it. Does does never the the fouls that he doesn't. I think there was a start up a few weeks ago. He'd only been fouled four times in the league this season, and he's he's getting shit kicked out of him all the time but he's not getting any of the decisions and he's doing this I thought his play was a bit poor earlier on in the season but he was getting the goals now I think it's absolutely flipped I think his play is, is brilliant I think he's coming really back into the Salah that we know and it will be so destructive Grizz touched on there about how he's playing from the right hand side and he's not even playing centrally you know if they start moving him more central you've seen it with the, the goal last night it was an excellent Excellent finish, you know what I mean? And sometimes when he's too far out on the right, he's too predictable. If he's going in that bit more central, I think there's absolute buckets of goals from to be had. I'm not so sure about that move tactically because I think I think his movement from the right, Keith, is sensational. It's absolute elite. You know, very few, and we're so blessed to have Mane on the other side, who's just as elite. Very few forwards in world football have the timing. Everyone's, you can get quick players, right? So every club has a quick forward. Every club has a quick winger. But the key to making space and the key to, to Mo Salah is the timing and the intelligence of their run whilst they're outside. They know when to drag the defender inwards, outwards and outside. I think from a central position, I think you'd be restricting him. That's just my opinion. I well, don't think it would. I don't think that, it would work. That is fair enough, Chris. That is fair enough. Um, I think more centrally than than he's playing, but not necessarily centre forward of a tree. Yeah. 
we'll talk about you know things we can change later on but you know I think he can be too predictable sometimes when he's when he's out on the left and look Arian Robin was the exact same Arian oh when he's on the right Arian Robin was the exact same it's out it's cutting on the left foot and it's tried to bend one in I just think the, the last few weeks he's looked more dangerous in around that central area because he hasn't been relying too much you know sometimes teams have sussed out double up on fullbacks with fullbacks are you know an athletic centre back and you can sort of nullify him out wide I think you get him a little bit closer at the goal I think he can really do you know serious serious damage and considering he's already plundering goals this season I think he can do even more I, I think he's talking about centrally and, and right I think if Liverpool get back to playing how Liverpool play, I think he's he's central enough. You yeah. know, like when you watch well, Liverpool it. in their pomp and they're playing and they're, they're absolutely on fire and you put, you know, if you have got Fabinho, Henderson, Thiago in midfield and you have Mane, Salah and you have those fullbacks, if you look at, at Mo's position in a lot of a lot of games and a lot of attacks, he is in within the lines of the box. You know, he, he actually is like when you when you watch when Trent gets it or a midfielder has it, he's in them lines. You know, I think as in in maybe maybe two years, I'd say you could see him going centrally, but I think it might be something where you probably have to play two up front, someone playing, someone creative often that he can he can use his pace and and. But I think he he's a very good finisher, but I don't know how good of a finisher he is in those you know split second strikers goals if you know what I mean like we've seen him fluff certain amounts of things where but but having said that when he's too much time to think coming in from the right it can be a bit predictable you know yeah. it, he's a weird one because when you see some goals you go just instinct bang he's great at it whereas balls flashed across the box and many he's on the end of and he and he, he kind of flashes at a few but he, he's a he's a phenomenal player he's a f- absolutely phenomenal player and and look People still keep talking about, oh, if he leaves and, and does he want to go here and does he want to go there? And, and you know, I'm kind of going, why are we even discussing this? Shut the fuck up because you end up talking yourselves into it. You end yeah. up talking yourself into it. He's, he's a, we still talk about Luis Suarez and Luis Suarez was a magnificent footballer for Liverpool. But I, I stand by this and I've always said that Mo Salah will go down as a better player for Liverpool than Luis Suarez. And I don't give yeah. a fuck what anyone says because of the goal record is just outrageous. And remember, he's playing, like you said, in a wide position predominantly. Suarez was a one-off. He was mad to watch. He was mental. But Salah, for me, just goes down. He's... I think he's up there as the best attacker we've, we've seen below in the Premier League. Why, why, yeah. Gav? Then do you think he isn't spoke of in that in the heights of some of the other players that you've mentioned? Why do you think that there is that element of disrespect? And I suppose this not a narrative that gets pushed that he, that, you know, he's he's selfish despite him having how uh, how many assists did we say there? Forty one mm-hmm. across one hundred and eighty six games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a he's an unselfish runner in his his runs off the ball. He presses very well. Um, what is it? Is it is it the the diving thing, the perceived diving thing, what is it that people just don't seem to warm to or put him on that high regard? Um, do you know something? I, do you know what I think goes against him? He's he's at Chelsea and it doesn't go well. He goes off and he's Fiorentina and Roma, isn't he? Um, yeah. He's on loan to Fiorentina and then he signs for Roma. I can't remember the exacts. But yeah, that's it. He, he turns up in England, right? And it's all... And, and don't get me wrong, Liverpool fans were... Will he be back up to Coutinho? You remember at the time we were thinking he was back up to the front three. That's what we thought he was going to be. And then he just shows up and he's 44 goals. And I think (laughs) it goes against him. I genuinely do. Because if he turned up and done 20 and 20 and 20 people ago, he's so, he's so consistent and, and stuff like that. But you have to remember, like, 
he's, he's his goal record is just phenomenal. I don't know why people don't respect him as much. I don't go in for the whole diving stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's quite clear that Mo Salah, when he stays up and he has hands around his neck, he doesn't get anything. Him, he doesn't get anything, and people go, "Oh, well, it's part of the game." And then if he gets a little tug, like he did, I think it was a penalty against Newcastle at Anfield. There was one away at yeah. Brighton, and obviously the one there against City. There, there are three definites that you can say he gets a slight tug and he goes down. And he gets the penalty. And that's how it works. And are they penalties? Not in my day, they weren't. But in football today, they are. You know, and listen, if you're going to attack Salah like that, go ahead and do it. But don't don't bring me um, other forwards every week that do this. And like Anthony Martial done something a couple of weeks ago, right? Which was <laughs> unreal to watch, right? He ran through a couple of players. I think it was City in the league. Um, he, he runs through a couple of players, jumps in the air, jumps on the <laughs> ground, okay? And it's like, Oh, Anthony Martial dived, and that was the end of it. That was the fucking yeah. end of it. He does the same it, against he does the same against Southampton, and has the lad sent off. It was rescinded in the end, and it's nothing is said about it, you know. And and then you see Salah, who and like he's had arms around his neck, he's had people fling themselves at him, and he doesn't get it. But when he does, when he actually does what other players are doing, and he he feels contact, it's like oh, Mo Salah's at it again. It, it's um. It's racism on a, on a, on yeah, a certain level. Xenophobia as well. But, but I, th- I think it is. It, and people will say it's not, but I... It is. I, I think well, 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 let's look at the perfect example. Be. Look at the, the perfect example, Gav. The difference in narratives around Harry Kane compared to, you know, what he does. And that the, the narrative when he does it is he's being clever. Whereas when Mo Salah does it, he's a cheat. And there's absolutely no difference Jamie, in, in what's being done. Jamie, I just wanted to sort of add on to what Gav said. There's absolutely absolutely a case for saying it's xenophobic absolutely and there's no shadow of a doubt about that and we know racism exists and everything but we won't go that deep into it it comes down to jamie that this british media are so powerful at creating narratives and agendas they are they are they are are the they are the kings of creating narratives mo salah the first time he was around uh, in, in the uk when he was playing for chelsea felt as though he was hard done by in terms of not giving a fair crack of the whip, et cetera, et cetera, bombed out to Italy where he rebuilt his career. And he often talks about his aim and his mission was always to come back and prove the media wrong. So some players are like that. They've got a thing against media proving things wrong, not just clubs and players, but the media of that country as well. He's refused to give a single interview to anyone in the British media, apart from the club, apart from the club media, he refuses to engage with anyone from the British media. And that's a killer for him, for him in terms of the popularity stakes, in terms of the narrative they create around him. They hate it. They don't like it. And there's, and, and he doesn't care. He doesn't mind. As long as he keeps putting up those figures for Liverpool football club, I, I tend to get sometimes frustrated that he doesn't get the recognition but he won't because he hasn't engaged with the British music media and he refuses to. And then when he does his interview, he done it with a Spanish um, publication and that wound them up even more, you know? So it is what it is. You know, he's got this in his head that he was unfairly treated and now he still feels unfairly treated. But the other day when he came out with that tweet and he meant it guys, because that performance yesterday was stunning from him. He had the bit between his teeth. And LFC Aaron, thanks for the super chat. He agrees. It's the xenophobic English media. And I'm English, by the way. I'm English as well. And and and, and I fully agree with you. Before can one I, final I, thing. Sorry, yeah, of course can, you can. Can, can, I, can I just say something? 
to me and to me it feels like a lot of the media willing to die on a certain hill and that's so like Grizz says he doesn't get a fair crack in England at Chelsea it doesn't go well he goes off to Italy he, he does really well and I have like I remember Liverpool signing Mo Salah and, and I, I say it again we were thinking will he be back up how many games will he get and he just storms the place but there's so much media at the time saying you know oh Mo Salah 35 million on Salah the fella that couldn't do it at Chelsea you know, the fella couldn't do, uh, he's no good, he's no good. So when he starts racking up these goals and assists, like Grizz said, and, and continues to do it, people will die on that hill. And what they'll do is they'll just find another angle, you know. So instead of it being about his goals, uh, first of all, when he first came, it was about his missed chances, despite scoring plenty of goals. It was his missed chances. Then he went on to his work rate. Then he went on to his he a selfish player. Then he went on, now they're on to the fact that, oh, does he, does he buy penalties? Does he, is he a cheat? There's always a different angle. And, and it is, it's just people that are willing to stick with an opinion, you know, like instead of coming out and going, oh, I didn't think 35 million was worth it, but my God, what a signing. They won't, won't ever do that because you know why because there's so much information in the world right now that if if, if person a comes out and says jesus salad is absolutely unbelievable <clears throat> within five minutes they'll have every article they've ever done or every tweet they've ever tweeted saying salad is brutal and they just people will just stick by whatever they feel at three four five years ago because they don't want it all thrown back in their face today that's what i think it is Yak sends in a super chat. Thanks very much. He says, missed the game last night. Where and how did Tiago play, lads? We love your insight as always. I love Tiago, so we're going to come on to him in a moment. But I do want to touch on one of the, the new lads who I thought was superb last night, given uh, the performance at Leicester. And I'll, I'll come to you on this one, Keith. Kabak, you know, for a lad of 20 years of age, you know, after a, a difficult start, I, I thought he was was okay at Leicester. Obviously, there was the, the mishap with, with Alisson. You know, to play in a game of that magnitude against a team that likes to press and a high energy, uh, that was some performance from the young lad. It was, Jamie. And, you know, you're right. I agree. Leicester, I thought he started off well. He looked composed enough. And I felt our, our team played better having him in there. And then the mishap happens. And you can understand then heads are gone all over the place and the game gets away from us, right? That's fair enough. And for 20 years of age, Turkish international. But, you know, he's only in, in the country a couple of weeks. He's learning, trying to learn the Liverpool system. Now, we know we're not, don't have the luxury of bedding players in at the moment. And, and Klopp always does like to give players months to learn pressing triggers, all that sort of stuff. To bounce back so quickly in a big, important game. Now, people can say, ah, oh, yeah, but Leipzig didn't really offer much. He stood up and I thought he was brilliant last night. I thought he was, he was what we want to see. I compared him with a, a few weeks ago, it was a mix between Martin Skirtle and Dejan Lovren. And I'm seeing nice that mix even there, more. <laughs> I know, but I'm seeing best it even more. <laughs> no, yeah, but it's actually the, the the best parts of the two that I'm, I'm seeing in him. You know, he, he's, he, he's tries to be front-footed like Dejan Lovren was, right? But not as, um, he doesn't have, doesn't seem to have the, the, the mindset of Dejan thinks he's the best in the world and goes and wins yeah. that, but he likes to come out and try and win it. And he's he's as tough looking as Skirtle. You know, Skirtle can be quite rash, but he, he could fucking tackle and he could hit you as well. And Kabak seems to have that blend. Now, I'm not saying he's got the bad points. He could have the bad points of both of them, but that's the sort of player that I see in him. And it's a toughness that we don't associate with Van Dijk. Van Dijk's the toughest he come as well, but you don't automatically think tough. Van uh, Gomez, Matip, 
even Fabinho, they're not tough. This guy is tough, and he's he's tough in the sense he's twenty years old. He's something that we can mould and and really work on. Now, if it doesn't work out when he goes back to Schalke, fair enough. But if he continues, if he puts in performances where it's improvement, do you know what I mean? It was people can be on the fence about Leicester. Last night was an improvement, and it's only a few days later, and confidence is low. And he's putting in that performance. I thought he was exceptional last night without going too far over the top. You know what I mean? It's If he plays in the derby, it's going to be frantic and it's going to be a different experience again. Let's see how he can handle that. But I'm, I'm excited to look at him going forward and I'm excited mm-hmm. to see how Klopp can develop him. I like I liked what you said there in the comparison to Dejan Lovren because I think we all agree that the, the problem with Lovren on his day when he just focused on doing the basics, he was a solid defender. When he tried to be someone he wasn't, he he made mistakes. That was the thing I liked about Kabak's performance. He was front-footed and aggressive, but a lot of the time he didn't force the game. So he just played the game that was in front of him. A lot of the time he'd win his individual battle and then just play the ball simply to somebody that was near to him. He was strong aerially. Um, he actually anticipated the game very well. And for some reason, I think I put it in the WhatsApp group, um, it looked like he was running in treacle against Leicester, but he looked like he had a bit of pace about him last night. Grizz, when you look at the, the structure of the deal that we've put in place, you know, there's a real carrot for him there for you know to basically say, earn your contract, earn your stay here. And surely it's a it's a win-win all around. Spawn, spawn, that deal makes so much sense in, in this in this particular situation. Um he's got mm, huge love for the club, and that's a massive, massive bonus as well. He really wants to do well here. Um he's young. I've look. I've I've spoken about my personal opinion on him, right? And and I gave the same comparison. Uh, I think we're probably on the same show, Keith. When when I said, yeah, we both said, you know, a mixture of skirt and a Lovren. Yeah. But Keith's right in terms of the positive elements um, of them. He's also got huge leadership qualities at a young age. You see his interview yesterday. Can you imagine a 20-year-old making his Champions League debut, his first interview in English, which is not his language, and he was so calm. And he seems composed. to back himself, Chris. Excellent, Jamie. Excellent point, Jamie. That's exactly what he does. But he do, but he won't go overboard like Degsy used to. Yeah. As you said, Degsy would, would take that literally onto the pitch and think he can do things he thought or he dreamt last night he was doing, right? Mm. Kabak is more of the skirtle in that sense. He will do what he has to and then give the ball to the more talented players a la Trent or Henderson, as it was next to him, or Thiago, who was ever collecting. Look, he he has things to work on. I'm not going to suddenly sit here and and say he's the complete article. He will make mistakes. Um, um, he's raw, you know, Yes, Leipzig was a far more comfortable game for him because it was played in front of him. Um, what's happening now? We love no, I'm now. just reading. I'm reading a comment. Yeah. So um, again, I- I'm like what Keith said. The test will come in the in the in the hurly burly of the Premier League because that's where we need him to stand up and be counted, especially at a time like this. It would be lovely if he could have been eased in, but he's been thrown into the lion's den because of the situation we're at. So far, he's handled it well. Even against Leicester, I thought he was fine. I get your point about the the, the running in treacle. That was the last 15 minutes. But you can imagine the intensity of the training and, and it took yeah, out of him. And even against... Yeah. And Vardy can run off a lot of centre-backs. Do you know what I mean? And, and so, you know, it's no no embarrassment there. I think I think it's a perfectly structured deal, though. That's the most important thing. If he doesn't 
do well, then we can move on. But if he does, he's, he's got the potential to have a great career with Liverpool. Can I just really? add on to that as well? Um, one thing I noticed in Leicester, he got a ridiculous yellow card against Leicester. It wasn't even a fucking foul and and he got a, a yellow card for that. It, it could be a similar, along the similar lines to Thiago, I think, where he'll pick up a lot of yellows because the, the refs will just punish any sort of any sort of contact from him and he's going to lose and miss out on that whole bed name period that, that players usually get, you know, like Fabinho, Robertson, um, a load of them that were held back. And, you know, let, we shouldn't get too panicky that he's going to pick up a lot of yellows. It, he just isn't going to have the time to really um, hone his game on it. Like, we're going to have the derby. It's going to be ticking fast. And then, you know, there's going to be a few, we don't want to say easier games, but you might see the best of them over the coming weeks, you know what I mean? And let him <coughs> sort of pace his way into the team over a period of time, which I'm hoping will happen with Thiago as well. Absolutely. And th- that's the next topic that I want to come on to is the midfield. And Master of Disasters sends a, a message which combines the two. He says, do we leave Hendo at centre-back for the derby or do we take try and take a chance getting back in midfield? He'd like to see Davies at some point. Now, Gav, before we kind of move on to the midfield, because there was there was a couple of talking points that came out of the game, and I think it, it, it kind of lends itself well for the rest of the season. How have you seen Jordan Henderson at centre-back? And given the influence that he has across this team, wherever he seems to play, would you be of the thinking, you know, get try and get him back in to, to the midfield for the derby? Or do you think he's having a positive impact uh, with, with Kabak? Um, you know, like, Jordan Henderson at centre-half is a necessity. Um, because of what's what's gone on, you know, we know what, everything that's happened with centre backs and stuff, and then our midfielder that's meant to be a centre back, he's gone as well. So uh, I'm not moving Jordan Henderson out of out of centre back until Fabinho's back, and then I'm putting Fabinho back in there. Um, you know, you have Reese Williams and you have Nat Phillips and stuff like that, and and you know you have this this guy Davies, but but for me, we're not we're not like. We're not walking into into the top four here. We're in a battle for top four. And I want as many influential players on the pitch as I can. I want them all in the normal positions. I do. I want Henderson in, in midfield. I want Fabinho in midfield. But you have to kind of, you have to caveat that way. Can you go into a game with Davies and, and Kabak? You know, Kabak does okay at Leicester. I thought he was really good last night. A few moments where he was maybe out of position or not quite on the same wavelength as the rest of the defence. That's understandable. He's, he's a young player that's only turned up recently and, you know, he's, he's learning and, and it's going to be a steep learning curve for him. But I'm I'm keeping Henderson where he is um, just for the simple fact that him and Kabak have played together twice now. There's a little bit more understanding. Um, ideally I don't want to see Henderson there but I think it's the right thing to do at the moment. Um, Davies hasn't, hasn't you know, played you. You don't throw him in in a derby. Not for me. Um, Nat Phillips, maybe in a derby. Um, Reese Williams, no. But do you know something? Like we're t- we're at the talking about Salah there, and we're going to go on and talk about Thiago, and we're, we're talking about Kabak now. And Kabak's not there long, but I think it's affected them all. Clearly, something happened after that Leicester game with the squad. Um, in particular, and and Henderson comes out and says that the squad and the players take full responsibility for the form that they're in. Now, I don't think Klopp would let them take full responsibility. He is, you know, ultimately responsible for what goes on. But something has happened, and, and something very positive has happened, in my opinion, because 
you see you see how better Kabaki Kabaki is last night. You see how better the midfield is. You see how much sharper they are. They seem to play with a bit more freedom. It's it's nearly like they toned up on Sunday and went right. Look, and and a few people have said, do they, are they feeling sorry for themselves? That might be a thing, but it it, it looks to me like they toned up and went. Listen, this is what we're in. There's nothing we can do about it. We're playing shit. Let's just throw all that away now. It's been shit for six, six, seven weeks, whatever it might be. Let's just get rid of that now and let's just play our game and see where it takes us. Because they have looked, Jamie, to me, to be play, not playing within themselves because that makes it out like they're not giving it all. But do you know what I mean? Like that they're, they're, they're losing some of their effectiveness because of their, the, un, the unsurety around the team where I think now they've just gone, listen, this is what we have. We might be unsure about A, B, and C, but let's just let's just push on and and see what happens. Now I'm not, you know, jumping on, you know, I'm not up on rooftop shouting Liverpool are back and stuff like that. It's one game at a time, but I think something massive happened um, in that supposed meeting that they had, and I think it's just a case of, you know, this is what we have. Let's go for it and let's see where it takes us. I really do. I'll be honest. I, I mean, some of the dressing rooms I've been in over the years, maybe there was an element of truth in that they had a few stern words to each other. And to yeah. be honest, sometimes that can be the best thing that can ever happen to a squad. It can pull you, pull you closer together. And I think whatever has been said has, has definitely produced a, a response and a positive one at that. The, the one thing I want to move on to now, because there's a lot of comments coming in around uh, the midfield, in particular one man who I thought was an absolute star last night. And I'll come to you on this one, Grizz. Curtis Jones... I mean, for for a lad of his age, you know, inexperience in playing in a, in elite competitions, what a performance! I mean, this this kid seems to have it all. I think there was a heat map that went across social media today, which pretty much had him all over the pitch. He was affecting the game offensively, defensively. He was playing the game at own tempo. Was it that Mizzou's one? Was it that Mickey yeah, Mizzou's yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, you know, when you're looking at a Liverpool midfield that has potentially Lost a little bit of its way of late. Uh, you know, the stru- structurally it hasn't looked quite there without Fabino and Henderson. Is Curtis Jones now starting to force himself to be in contention to be a regular starter in this Liverpool team? Zero doubt, absolute zero doubt, in my opinion. I think it's I think it's absolutely fair to say that he's no longer sort of a future star for Liverpool. I think he is a star for Liverpool. And I tweeted yesterday after the game, and I really meant it, like Mo Salah. Um, that Curtis Jones, I ask, I always ask little, little questions of him in my own mind. And even to you guys, and you guys say, oh, Grizz, you're being harsh. You know, you often say, I put in the group and I say, ah, he's holding in too much or he's giving it away too much or his work rate or he gives off this air of done it already and he hasn't, lads. Guys, every time I ask that question, he slaps me in the face emphatically (laughs) with a performance that I think, well done, son. I just say, well done, son. Yeah. He's, I mean, yesterday, let's not, um, let's not forget that this Leipzig team is one of the best pressing teams in Europe, right? Statistically, right? I'm not a stats man, but I read that somewhere, done research. You're in your research right. again, last yeah, wow. yeah, Research. Um, this Leipzig team, and, and, and we saw that in the first 20 minutes from both teams. The pace was frenetic. It was a mental pace. Um, because both teams were brave and pushing up to the sort of, you know, playing a high line. And so the midfield area was compressed like, like you know, it's like how we used to, well, how our my lot used to play on the sixer side. Like he was just mad. It was frantic. It was like sort of, there's no space. It was just pure, the strongest guy bullies his way through and scores, right? 
Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. But this guy, this guy shone above the likes of Sabitza, who's so highly rated. Yeah. Haidara for them. Gini for us. Tiago for us. Some great central midfielders there. And this guy stood out, Jamie. He was absolutely like a shining light. He had, he had the most time amongst all of them. His selection of passing, he knew how many times he drove us up the pitch with his close control. You know, his decision-making should be the least we should criticize because he's a young kid and that will come. But his touch, his control, he's got this aura about him at a tender age already and confidence in his ability. And the way, and, and, and what impressed me the most was when Jurgen Klopp made those substitutions to rest limbs and to sort of gain control. He trusted Curtis Jones to go alongside Genie and still maintain that balance. And that was a massive, massive tick in my box because usually it's automatically in Jürgen Klopp's head to bring off Curtis Jones, the first substitution, but he trusted him and, 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 and it came through. I think he's, I think the, the, the sky is the limit for this kid. I agree. And just to, just to touch on, we were talking about the impact of Mo Salah before uh, M to the O has uh, basically shared another super chat. Thanks for that, mate. Uh, Salah has created the most chances for Liverpool since joining us and the most chances out of forward players in the Premier League this season. So that paves the way this selfishness streak that, that people seem to claim he has. It's also nonsense. And we'd be, uh, we would be 15th without him. So a, a true leader. Um, if there ever, if there ever was one. Now there was a comment that came in and it's come from Sam. Now, I, I love this comparison. Curtis Jones has the control and touch of Coutinho, but the energy of Hendo, the complete midfielder. Would you go along with that, Gav? What what, what do you see as his biggest traits for a young player? Um, I think it suited him last night. The game was open, and I think it suits Curtis Jones if it's open. If it come, becomes a bit of a mad game, like Chris mentioned, it's funny you mentioned five aside there. You know when you play five aside and it's just mad and it's open and you can do all mad stuff? Um, I think that suits Curtis Jones um, down to the ground. You have to remember... <coughs> You know, me and Grizz have spoken about this. I've probably spoken to Grizz about Curtis Jones more than I've spoken to anybody about Curtis Jones because I think me and him watched him in pre-season a couple of years ago and weren't too sure about him. I, we, we've said as well, we thought this season was going to be one where he bedded himself in and looked to push on next season. But um, circumstances as they are, he's now a, you know, a fully-fledged member, um, proper member of the of the first team squad he's going to be in every squad if he's fit you know it's not a case of oh we might drop him out for a couple of games he's in every squad if he's fit he had a downturn in form but so did the whole fucking team you know what i mean so yeah. did the whole team so you know when you're looking at players at 19 or 20 or whatever he is and you're going oh, he's not playing well well look around him not many people are but last night what i seen from him was very good under pressure when he when he when he has the ball. There was so much pressure being put on Liverpool at times, and he's so good at getting out of that. Um, and that comes from his time playing number ten because he played a lot. I, I watched a bit of him when he was when he was younger. You know, when I say younger, he's only fucking nineteen, twenty. But you know, when he was playing when he was playing the the football, he played he played at ten. He was he, he would get his ball with the back to goal a lot, but he had that little burst to get away from people. He glides by people then when he gets you 
when he stands you up and says, right, I'm going to go with you. But he was he was winning free kicks last night when other more professional players wouldn't. He was winning them. He was cute. I like that about him. But I don't want to get carried away, Jamie. You know, yeah. you know, he's he's a young player, and the more better, the more good performance we see from him, great. But you have to, you still have to, you know, you still have to hold back a little bit and go, Curtis Jones, this is his fourth real proper season. Let's see him at the end of the season. Let's see him next season. But I thought he was, I thought he was brilliant last night and everything he done. And like Grace says, I think it's a massive vote of confidence for him that they are making subs and. You know, it's Thiago that they take off, not him. Now, that may be a, a, a fitness issue, but he's kept on the pitch. You know, they take Firmino and Thiago off, two of the players you think are two of the better teams and players in the Liverpool team are holding the ball, are, you know, distributing and recycling and stuff like that. And he kept Curtis Jones. I think that was a massive nod to him. But as, as I said, I'll say with him and I'll say with all the squad, um, last night was a start. We need to see this for three, four, five games, and then you come back and go, Jesus, Curtis Jones, that wasn't a flash in the pan against um, Leipzig. He's really kicked on, you know, and, and and again, I go back to it. I think any kind of clear the air talks or or a few harsh words or whatever it might be may have been directed at Curtis Jones or, or different players in the squad, but yeah, you come out of it with a positive sort of feeling that, yeah, that's it. Like that cloud's kind of lifted, even though we're not in great form, the cloud's kind of lifted. Let's go and play. And I don't, I think it suits Curtis Jones down to the ground because if we play with a freedom, I think he'll excel. I, uh, there's a point that came in there from Red Steve. He said he's starting to to look like he used to when he was playing for the unders. And I, two of my good friends, they coached him in the academy through a number of the brilliant. age groups. And they said the way that he plays the game, like he's a, look, he, he backs himself, but he's a confidence player. And I think when a player makes the step up, the intensity is high. The ball is moved a little bit quicker. You, you can't knock off. And I think somebody else in, in, the, in the chat made a, a point about him now becoming more aware of what, Clock once off the ball. So the tactical side yeah. of the game, for example, it, it would have been a hell of a lot to Curtis Jones to play with the freedom that he's always been used to in the in the youth team. Because to be honest, he was a level above everybody. So we could do what he wants. The team was built around him. He's now got to become a cog in a team while still being able to play with freedom. And I think he's now starting to make that adjustment. And he believes that he should be in this team. And he's offering the tactical side, but then also the, the expansive side. And, and I want to come to you, Keith, on another of our midfielders who has been in the news a lot over the last couple of weeks, and that is Thiago. Now, there's been a lot of questions thrown at Thiago, and there's a lot of questions um, asked about his signing. Has it fundamentally changed the way that Liverpool play? Does it mean, does him being in the side mean we build slower? I thought Thiago was much more like the Thiago we know he can be. I still think there's a massive, you know, area for him to to kick on and improve even more. But he looked like the Tiago that we've seen in Bayern Munich in flashes. Where do you sit on the kind of Tiago debate? I think Tiago. I think this is another case of a media narrative and and people in the media spouting their, an opinion about someone and it gathering legs. Tiago, I don't think Tiago slowing Liverpool down. I think Tiago is taking time to adapt to the English game. He's 29, he's world class, but it is a big jump for him now. He gets injured early on. We remember his, his cameo against Chelsea for a half and then the game in the derby when he gets injured. He was sensational. He was pinging the ball around. We weren't slowing and he wasn't slowing us down then. Gets a bad injury and he comes back and he's, he's not come back at you know, the top level, he's, he's certainly not beyond criticism. But I found last night, I thought he was great last night because I thought 
when we signed Thiago, right, one of the things I remember talking with Sean on the show before about this, that one of the big points, Grizz probably knows this, he would have been a football man as well. One of the big things about uh, Thiago is his ability to beat the press is is one of the best in, in world it's, football. It's right? unbelievable to watch it's the way he manages his body. Yeah. It's 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 unbelievable how he does it, and his ability to to nick the ball from the opposition and press high up is excellent. Now we haven't seen it. He's been going to ground in all the games. I, I don't know why because it's not how he, he sort of always operated. But last night we saw him winning the ball back by just getting his body in and just getting a toe on the ball. And get apart, apart from his, his dodgy tackle within 40 yeah. seconds, which he seems to do, that's his that's his card now, isn't it? That's his yeah, party trick. Exactly. Yeah. But that's in the Premier League, he's getting that yellow card every time, and it's hindering how he's going about the game. And he needs to get that out of his head. He's an intelligent player, he's he's a very good player. But I thought last night we saw what he offers at his best in that he's winning the ball back, but not committing fouls. You know, he's nicking the ball and he's starting the attacks again. His passing is... Declan Rice done a thing, uh, an interview a couple of weeks ago after we bet West Ham and he's, he said it about... It was like an education for him playing against Thiago, that he moves the ball so quick and so accurate that you can't really do one. And as we said, the counter like is getting out of a press... You know, it's a swivel of his body, like bleeding Elvis, a little swivel of the hips, and boom, he's gone. He gets over. And we'll see more and more of that. Now, I'm not going to say Thiago has been exceptional since he's gone. He hasn't been exceptional. What I'm saying is we're going to see gradual improvements, gradual improvements, and it may be in the Champions League more than the Premier League that we see this. And then next season, a fully fit squad, a fully fit Thiago, hopefully we'll see the best of him. I wouldn't write him off. There's too many people writing him off. There's too many people taking pleasure in the fact that he hasn't been a 10 out of 10 for us. You know, and as I said, the, the narrative about him being slowing us down, I think is wrong. I don't think he slows us down. I think he's, 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 he's sloppy in his tackling and that's giving away free kicks and that's adding to the, the narrative that he's, he's, he's hindering us. Jamie, can I give you my opinion um, on Thiago, uh, the situation with Thiago? I'm... And this is probably a beautiful segue into another one of your topics. Oh, so you I, did read the agenda? Correct, I did. <laughs> Just about a couple of minutes, but I did read it. But listen, Tiago, I'm convinced, lads, convinced that Tiago was bought as part of the evolution that we talked about in terms yeah. of our system. Because Tiago wasn't bought to play as an eight in a 4-3-3 in a Jurgen Klopp team. Because... And I've talked about this before, and it's so important that people understand and realise the difference playing in an eight in a Liverpool system, which is evolved around our fullbacks. And the eight has such a vital role and has to do some serious legwork. Hence why we have the likes of Gini and Hendo playing that role, or Milner, right? And hence why Naby, you know, sort of has been sort of trained and groomed into trying to play that role and it's taken its time. Thiago, in my opinion, was 100% bought to play in a two. And we've talked about that 4-2-3-1 that we never fucking got to see because of the state of the injuries and the situation. Decimated our plans. Absolutely decimated our plans. It's a slight criticism of mine that Jurgen Klopp, in a couple of games, played him as that eight. And he visibly... Guys, we talk about the eye test. He visibly struggled. We all love Tiago. We all know what Tiago is about, but we saw him struggling. And as a result, he wouldn't 
track he wasn't able to track back or he'd be tired and make fouls in the Trent area and Trent was restricted in his the way he played because he's used to having a handle there or a Milner there that knew his game inside out. The, I, I tweeted before the game yesterday, I hope to see Thiago more central. And I think I think uh, I haven't seen any heat maps, but to the eye, I think he played far more central alongside Ginny and Mohamed Salah played as an authentic right winger. Did we see how many times Mohamed Salah was tracking back and helping Trent on that right side? It was like Trent and Mohamed Salah on the, and, and Sadio and Robo, as Sadio always does on the other side. It enabled Thiago to play far more central. And I thought that was absolute key. I think Jamie touched upon his, I think he said it in the WhatsApp group or one of you guys said it. Talked to, to, absolutely. And yeah. that's it. And his first time passing is unrivaled, guys. Probably Verratti challenges him in that stake in terms of being the, one of the best in the world. But his first time pass into a player or vision is unrivaled. But I think the more he plays in that central position and we pray, we pray our players come back and he gets a chance to play that alongside a Fabinho or a Henderson, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind he'll be a success. It's absolute bonkers that these people are writing them off. They have got absolutely no clue. They should tune into our shows and get educated. I'm sure Gary you know, <laughs> I, I was going to say, Grizz, you touched on something then. I'm, I'm delighted that you said it because, Gav, you are probably the biv- biggest advocate of the job that Jordan Henderson does on the right-hand side yeah. for Liverpool of that midfield in being a facilitator for the likes of Trent and Salah to play their game. The 4-3-3, and I think Grizz is right, we touched on it in our WhatsApp group. Thiago, when he's on the right, you're asking him to do a job that he wasn't brought in to do. I don't want to see Thiago doing doggies up and down the pitch. I, I don't want to see Thiago with acres of space around him where he's he's rushing to try and close spaces and closing big gaps and his, his, his legs will go in no time. To get the best out of Thiago, I think we've seen it in flashes before he, the, the lads got injured. Fabinho and Henderson give him the structure to go and create an influence higher up the pitch. Surely, Gav, if we're going to get the best out of him, you need to bring those lads in so he has the freedom to pick up pockets where he can influence the game and move the ball quickly into the front three's feet. Yeah, look, listen, Thiago's a fantastic footballer and I think he can play in a 4-3-3. Um, I think he can play in a 4-2-3-1. I'm, I'm, I've no issue with him playing forward or forward if you play Fabinho and Henderson as a two and push him forward. I've no problem with him playing in a two um, deeper and you put up a, a real number 10 ahead of him because even in that situation, you know his vertical passing is f- phenomenal. He's, he's, You know, he's he's looking over at someone in the main stand and he's whipping it the other way. He's, he, nobody knows where he's going with it because he's, his technique is unbelievable. I, I do agree though. I think, I think we just... If you went with... So first of all, the former Thiago. Thiago's come into this side. He's got injured. He's coming back. He's coming back from a, a, a bad enough injury, right? I think he was. He wasn't well either. There was talk before the Spurs or West Ham game that he was literally yeah. puking rings around himself mm-hmm. um, the day beforehand. But he he said he wanted. I might have been West Ham, but he said he wanted to play, right? So he's shown a commitment there. He's come into a, a, an unsettled midfield that is fatigued because of a lack of rotation. He's be, he is being asked to work in a system that is not even what he would have expected to come into. He he expects to come into a Liverpool side that dominate around the front foot, squeeze, press, yeah. look to get a player fast. And we've seen Liverpool over the last 
good couple of months where they sat off a little bit, you know, tracking runners a bit more, stuff like that. So it is, it is a bit alien to him. But I think, I don't, I don't think, I get the 4 2 3 1, I get the 4 3 3. I think he can play anywhere once we get back to yeah. what we, what we've seen before. Because I think, and we, we've all spoken about, oh, could you play Mane, Salah, Jota, and, and Firmino? You absolutely can if Thiago's in that midfield in a two. Yeah, absolutely can because I think you could see Jota on the right, Mane on the left, and Firmino going in as that ten, um, and Salah being pushed up because you have the. It's it's easy to say four two three one, but if you have two fellas at the base that are hard working, and don't get me wrong, Fabinho is a good pass of the ball, Henderson a good pass of the ball, Thiago's on a different level, lads, a different level to them two in a passing sense. So if you have them for high up the pitch. The, the hardest ball to play is into that fella centrally from a deeper position and you get teams turned and there's no one better than Thiago. He's phenomenal. Um, I, I'm not worried in one bit about him um, because, as I said, you can point at Thiago all you want, but there's loads of other players you can point at and who's been out of form. When you see him and the slowing down stuff is fucking insane. How quick he moves it and how precisely he moves it is unbelievable. Like the amount of switch balls he hits, just bang, one touch, not even taking a touch, just hits them. Doesn't matter what way they come at him, he just hits them. Um, he's, he's a brilliant, brilliant player. And people will say, well, who would you play in the two? Who cares? If you give Henderson a rest one week, you give Thiago a rest this, the next week, and Fabinho takes a rest the week after, you're rotating the squad and you're still keeping the quality. D- don't be worried about him. Um, when we get back to what we remember Liverpool as uh, personnel-wise, I don't think to be any issue. And I don't think this two-man midfield becomes much of a, an issue because we play so high with Van Dijk and Gomez that your two sitting midfielders could literally be in the final tour. You know the kind of way they literally can be. So, uh, tactically, it gives us more options, but I don't think it's something we have to worry about too much. We get the right personnel around them, um, and they're not fatigued, and they haven't been asked to play every minute of every game. Thiago will flourish. That there won't be a problem. Now, just one thing before we move on, uh, just to, to finish off on the Thiago point. If people remember back to Fabino when he came into this Liverpool team, it's very, very difficult to play centre midfield for Liverpool in this current setup. Fabino is elite in his position and it took him a long time. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov slash EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Time to adjust to the way that we play. So anybody trying to uh, write obituaries for Tiago at this stage is... Well, Fabinho is, was is, ran ragged at the Emirates, if you remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and that was the point I made, Gav, about the, the spaces. If you don't know how to play in this Liverpool team, all of a sudden players can get in behind you on the wrong side. There's too many spaces. And at the moment, we don't have the structure of Henderson and Fabino. So whoever is playing in there at the moment, structurally, it's not the same. So there's too much space. And you're asking Thiago to basically do j- doggies. It, it will get better. We just need to get our, our shape back. Now, you, you touched on something there, Gav, which it's look at this, we're, we're dovetailing perfectly it's the next point on the agenda and that is uh Diogo Jota now if you're going to look and I'll come to you on this one Keith uh, players that can have an impact at the the latter stages of, of of the season 
Diego, Diogo Jota, I should say, he's close to coming back. Gav touched on it there. You know, he gives us a new dimension in this Liverpool team. His runs in behind, his sharpness and, and his finishing. He doesn't seem to miss chances. What a boost that'll be to, uh, to have him back. Indeed. And look, I just hope he comes back and is the same player that, that went out of the team because he was absolute, you know, hand in glove to what we needed and what we wanted from a, another forward player and to get him back and also Naby Keita if we can get Naby Keita back it's another body and before we go on about Jota you know Gav touched on you know the, the personnel in there if we'd have had our midfielders that could play in midfield we'd have had such a selection we'd have had Hendo, Fabinho, Keita, Wijnaldum, um, Thiago, Jones you know there's a little Milner a lot of bodies there but we just haven't been lucky enough to to, to to get them all in there into the midfield to rotate it. But Jota will come in and will, you know, he'll come in and he'll supplement the front line. He'll come in and he could replace Bobby in the front. And that puts Bobby to the bench, which would mean you're not looking maybe at a Rigi coming on. You're strengthening your bench with Jota. Not necessarily by having Jota on the bench, but by having him in the squad. And that's why we brought him in, to, to give a rest and to give... Uh, you know, to freshen up the front three without a drop-off in the levels. And we've seen early on in the season, he was the one that was carrying it. He was carrying the attack. As I said, Mo was getting goals early in the season, but I didn't think he was playing too well, but he, he was getting goals. Jota was playing well. You know, Jota was the threat. You said it there, Jamie. His, his ratio of, you know, taking shots and hitting the target, you know, we're not hitting the target much this season, even though one of the top scorers in the league. We're not hitting the target much, and Jota was doing that. We get him back in, and and it gives us so many more options. And it's all if 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 I know that we need to get these players back into the into the squad, into contention, and it, it obviously it makes our team stronger, it makes our bench stronger. It, it takes the reliance off on other players that maybe aren't doing, aren't stepping up to it. And maybe not any fault of their own. You know, I've mentioned Origi. Origi hasn't been able to make an impact. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain hasn't been able to make an impact. Shakiri hasn't been able to make an impact. And improving on those options, even this season, with what we can get back, will improve us and make us more of a, a trek on forward. Jota will be... I mean, the type of player he is you know, he'll give us that spark that maybe our front three do miss at times. You know, Mane is starting to get a bit of a grind back in now. He's he's doing, he's running more. He's looking a bit more himself, but he's not anywhere really near the level that he can be. Jota comes in and, and it just picks us up. Like Bobby's the obvious one that, that maybe loses out his place at the, at the current moment. According to the fans, Jorgen might see it different, but it just gives us that option and strength going forward that we, we've really we've lost since he got injured. We, we it's really been it's been after Virgil Van Dijk has been the biggest loss of the season for me, and I and and I mean that and I mean that ahead of possibly Gomez and Matip as well. I, I genuinely do. Um, Jota again, like Thiago, was bought for a specific reason. We underestimate the work our analytical team does behind the scenes in terms of scouting these players and what we're looking for in a forward and what we and how we foresee them fitting into certain systems. And we've discussed sort of the, the role Tiago would have played. Well, Jota was absolute pivotal in terms of how we could have played as well. And we showed that at the start of the season. How many games did we... We went to... Lads, we went to Man City and played all four. 
<laughs> yeah. I was only thinking that before when, when Gav said about playing the two and I thought the madness that we did at Man City and the bravery from Klopp to make that selection, Jamie, we were the it's mad. Team, Jamie. Jamie, we were the better team in that game in that first <laughs> half. We absolutely yeah. shocked this Man City team, a full strength team and we played with four and I absolutely, absolutely am of the opinion that he was bought again just to freshen things up. Well, he was bought to freshen things up but sort of more so... Um, in terms of tactical adjustments that we could possibly make, tactical options, you know, and this is what we've absolutely missed. And it's so sad to see, you know, I often get sad, as you guys know, when I think what could have been this season. This season was meant for us to be just walking this league, honestly, guys, but it is the way it is. And, you know, Jota coming back could be this this push, this psychological push um, that we need uh, going into the latter part of the season. Gav, when you, we talk about the impact that Jota had and would have had, given the start that he made, in the same breath, do we need to have a conversation about Bobby Firmino? Um, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. You know, I think, you know, we, we're not talking about Thiago there and, and you know, what we're, we're, we're saying about you know the, the person around them. How how many people? How many times people are having to play football without a break and 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 not being able to rely on the backup? Because as I said on numerous occasions, the backup are either not there or when they are there, they're not good enough um, or haven't performed. Now, Firmino is a different sort of case because I don't think his his output his output was never exceptional. You know, two thousand seventeen eighteen. I think he gets twenty two or three yeah. in all competitions uh, he's always been there as a facilitator for for the, the two wide lads who who, who feed off it um, most weeks but um, that's even dropped off now the one thing I will say for Bobby Firmino is he's always fit he's always fit he's always available for you and he has been like this for the last you're verging on four years of football you have to be because I remember to, I remember going back and thinking the 2018 World Cup and people going oh Bobby doesn't have a, a rest in him now and because if you remember that summer we're thinking we can go for the league we're going, we, you know we'd lost the European Cup final but league 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 and we're all looking at the World Cup and we're all looking at who's playing and stuff like that and I remember then thinking oh Firmino's going to be in the you know and, but He's played so much football. Um, I think he's, st he's still trying his absolute best. There is flashes there, but I think the output is, has dropped off and that's where Jota comes in and that's where Jota did come in, Jamie. Jota came in and he was something different. You know, he had energy. He was running from deep. He was breaking lines from deep. You know, everyone was used to Firmino coming a bit short and, and trying to play quick football where Jota just went, I'm just running fucking straight at just You know, and it's not something Liverpool where we're known for just massive deep runs and, and he was brilliant at it. I don't want to put too much pressure on Jota because he's coming back from a, a decent enough yeah. injury. You know, that kind of way. But what I'm saying is he'll be there. It's, and that's what I mean by another body. I, when we are talking about centre backs and all we need is a body, I'm not talking about that. That's, <coughs> that's flipping a coin and hoping it works. Jota, we know what he can do. That's another body. That's somebody that comes in and, you know, he might, he might take four or five games to get going and that's fair. But he, in that four or five games, he could be doing 20 or 30 minutes for you and make a difference. And for me, you know, I'll be interested to see when Jota comes back exactly, um, exactly what sort of form Firmino ends up in because Firmino seemed to perk up a little bit if you remember rightly when Jota came in and, and, and played well so but 
if Jota comes in, hits the ground running, and you give Firmino a little break, oh man, oh man, I are Salah because they're playing a hell of a lot of football. It can only be good for Liverpool. That's what you want to see. And and Naby Keita the same. Naby Keita's injury record is not good enough, but if you get him on the pitch, he's a really, really good player, and he's another player that you come in and go. He's not around enough, but he is the sort of fella you can rely on when he plays, Jamie. That's that's being honest with you. Now, Grizz, I want to come to you on two things. First one is a lot of, lot of love for the gun show going on tonight, Grizz. Everyone's complimenting the old guns being out, mate. Short sleeves. We, we had uh, somebody comment that your guns are bigger than their belly. You've been working out there, lad? Accidentally, accidentally showing off my guns. Not really guns anymore. I've told you before, Jamie, this keto this keto is not very good for the, for the, for the muscle. Yeah, muscle mass. You're not but even on we, the keto. Yeah, well, I'm just, I'm just giving you a fact about keto. Yeah, but but, <laughs> but you but you can't give a fact about keto when you're not fucking on it. You're like, you know what I mean? This conversation's just, listen. We stick to the uh, random. He has a love hate relationship with the keto. We're in a serious right? football chat here. Carry on, Jay. So, 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 talking says, about he just uh, says keto all the time. <laughs> what do you think talking, about, talking about <laughs> talking about men that are, are in fine physical condition. Uh, Nabi Keita is also is a is another player that has been put on one of your diets. I think Grizzy's looking ripped now. Keto diet. He's got his own training program. Um, where do you put Nabi Keita in this Liverpool squad? Because I feel like it's a conversation about promise and talents, but never really about delivery on the pitch. The question is, we all know he's a great player, but how often can we get him on that pitch? Do you believe that he can have a big impact for this Liverpool team in the second half of the season? If he stays, f- I know it's simple, but if he stays fit, yes. And that's the biggest if, bigger if than, than my biceps. Um, <laughs> he, Jamie, he's talented. He's skillful. We've seen glimpses of what he can bring to this team. The heavy stats guys will tell you he's creates the most and he's been this and he's been that. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. His career has not been a success at Liverpool. I don't give a shit what stat you throw at me. And that's not being being stubborn. That's me being a Liverpool fan who wants the best for this team. And a fully fit Naby Keita before the the Naby accounts start jumping on my head. A fully fit Naby Keita is, would be amazing, would be amazing for this team. But if he's not fit, then you've got to be cold-blooded and you've got to be ruthless and you've got to move him. Don't get me wrong. There's others bef- There's others that need to be moved on before Naby. But if he doesn't stay fit, and I know it's not his personal choice to, to, to remain unfit, it's unfortunate or call it what you want. Um, he's got to stay. And I think this, this phase of his injury or this period he's been out, a lot of talk has come out in terms of him doing extra work with our new medical man, uh, um, sort of post-match medical, post-match who deals with post-match uh, injuries and sort of, you know, um, helps them recover, helps, helps them recover and not break down again. This, this is, his, for me, in my personal opinion, it's his final, final chance, Jamie. He's got to stay fit. He's got to remain fit. He's got to play an active part in this Liverpool team for me not to want to sell him because his 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 value will only go down. Um a fully fit navigator does wonders for this team. I'll stick by that. I'll stick to that. I'm not gonna ever doubt his talent, but you've got to doubt his durability. 
Paul Gormley makes a similar similar point, and I'll come to you on it, Keith. He says, I think we'll sell Naby and Tacky in the summer to raise funds. Do you think this is last chance saloon for him, Keith? I don't. I I think I I don't think he's at peak value. I don't I don't know if if it's really worth selling him at the moment. I mean it's it's one of them things some people um will just be over critical of, of Naby Keita and some will say he's the best thing Chris touched on. You know, the stats guys will all say he's this, he's that. We say on this show all the time, you know, the best ability is availability and Naby doesn't show that. I mean, Joe Matip will be one of the best centre-backs in the world if he wasn't made out of Kinder yep. Bueno. Do you know what I mean? It's it's having them on the pitch and playing. I've touched on Bobby Firmino's. He's always there. He's always fit. You know, if Naby could stay fit, he's one of the best pressers in the world. High up the pitch he can snap in. And what that would give this team, the pressure to take off the team when you can do that, it, it's brilliant. But he, he's not there all the time. So if Liverpool were to look to sell Naby Keita in the summer, what are you getting? Do you know what I mean? What value does he have? Are you, you're not getting 53 million for him. You're not getting higher than 53 million for him. You might get a trade um, against the day. They don't tend to happen too much, but you might be able to, you know, people would say, Nabby back to Leipzig and take a Kanate, for example, just throwing that out there. You're still going to be throwing dollar on top of Nabby to get to get him in. And if he can get him fit, if, if his new fitness plan works out with this new fitness guru and you get him playing, well, then it's not worth selling him and taking a hit on him. If they can get him walking, if you can fix him, he's a huge asset to the team, a huge, huge asset for what he brings. But he just hasn't been able to bring it. So the, the, it's in the air. His career is is in the... I wouldn't say sell him this year, but I do agree with Grace that he's in the last chance to him. You know, I think if he can't stay fit and push on, I think next summer could be moved on. That's just my Gav, opinion, and I wouldn't want to say it. Gav, where do, where do you sit on this? Do you think that... Because I, I think it's telling of the club. I don't think he's actually been injured for a while. I think the club have said, look, we, we can't keep doing this three games in, five games out. Let's just keep him out the side and do some proper strength and conditioning work and and make him more robust because the way it was going, it, it he, he wouldn't have been at Liverpool for long, surely. No, um, I, I said it from the start, you know, Naby Keita has all the tools to be a fantastic footballer at Liverpool simply because of the attributes he has, I think suits us down to the ground. Like he says, he's, he's very good at nipping in, getting the ball. Liverpool are great at that. Uh, uh, when, they're, when they're flying, they don't throw loads of tackles in. They just nip in, get it off, you play, 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 and they're gone. And and Keita can do that. We've seen that Leipzig um, so good on the ball, he can go by players. I, I haven't seen it as much as Liverpool. Um, it's it's like he's regressed a little bit physically and that little extra yard since he's arrived at Liverpool hasn't been there. Listen, there's no way he's injured because I think he plays, I think he plays away at Palace and he, he gets a knock and he's not there to, to follow midweek or whatever it is. And Klopp's comments were, uh, he's just a little bit injured. That's going back six, seven, eight weeks. I don't know how long ago, right? There's no way he's injured. But I agree with you, Jamie. I think something's being done here where they say, and I think it, it is a signal of a last chance saloon, like Grace says. I think they've said, listen, we're taking no chance with this fan anymore because we can't continue this process. We're going to just keep him off and we're going to bulk him up, run him, run him and run him and run him and do all the tests and all, all the, you know, all the stats on him until we say, listen, he's trained solid for a month, six weeks, and he's no breakdown, no reaction to nothing. He's ready to go, right? I, I agree with that. The only thing I would say is, I'm nearly sure Naby Keita has two years left in his Liverpool deal this summer. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, possibly three if he signed a six-year deal, but he, he arrives in the summer of 2018, if I'm right. So you're looking at two years left. It's starting to become decision-making time. You know, I, I, I think it'd be a stretch for Liverpool to go and extend this contract this summer, but I think it might be a case of having a look. I could see him coming back next month, Jamie, and I could see the next... I, I could see them following two or three months um, being the time when they actually make a, a definite decision on Abby Keita. I'd love nothing more than them to come back. And I'm not asking to fucking tear the play part, but I've always said it. Put 15 games on the trot, mate. Put 15 games on the trot. And if you get assists and goals, that's a bonus. But at this moment, and it's never shown more than now, being available is a massive at the minute. Massive at the minute. And he's one of those. That's not. Um, the next step in that is being available and being influential. And I think he can be if he's fully fit with a run of game. So one marries with the other. Um, but I, I agree with Grizz. I think this is the last chance. And I think it could be literally down to the last possibly three months of this season where a decision is made. Because if he gets the two years left and this continues on for another season, then you're down to one year left and he's shown another year where he's unreliable and he can't get on a football pitch. And then you're looking at him going for nothing. Now, there's there's one more topic that I want to touch on quickly because me and Gav have got an agreement that we're going to finish <laughs> at quarter past because we're going to go and play computer games with each other, right? So yeah. uh, we're, we're 11 yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, now, this game before, was after six minutes last night, which was amazing. Are you going to try tonight, Chris? You can, come on, no, you can give it. No, no, no. Stop no. that. He actually asked. Well, he, he actually asked. You can earlier. see in the background; it's all set up, right? Everything. Stop laughing, Gavin. He this actually asked it. earlier. He asked earlier. Is there any way I can just come in and watch you was playing? <laughs> yeah, just hold. Don't get shot. Don't get me wrong; it's a magnificent game, and it's beautiful to be part of it but i just prefer the walking bit you're <laughs> <Just, laughs> so more of a tourist are you? Yeah, yeah do you know what keith i wish i could play it i tried it for about 30 seconds and you know uh, yeah it's not the same i got run over by a truck and shit it's not for me uh you know pass. <laughs> For for those for those wondering what the hell we're talking about, we're talking about Warzone, the game on the well, the PlayStation, Xbox, whichever you play on. Um, we've all got into that big t- big style. Um, but yeah, Grizz is Grizz is not a not a fighter. You, you just want to enjoy the scenery, mate. Is that right? Exactly. I just want to watch you guys, you know, <laughs> shoot the fuck out of each other. Don't carry on. It's not for me. Right. So last last point that I want to make before we wrap up and go play video games. Um, and a couple of people referenced Grizz at the start of the show. There is a little bit of noise in the media around Kylian Mbappe and 200 million deals. Um, And Liverpool are one of the suitors that are not put off by that 200 million price tag. Anything that you can share or what do you think on what do you think on that? Do you think it's a load of nonsense? No, it's not. It's nothing to share, Jamie. It's it's very known. It's publicly known. It's we hear about it all the time. The link doesn't die. Jurgen Klopp. Do you know, we, you know, we often talk about sort of Jurgen Klopp and FSG and the relationship he has and, and sort of, especially the transfer side of things. You know, it's, I was thinking because when Jurgen Klopp puts his foot down and he's wanted a specific player, he's usually ended up with that player, namely being Alisson, Verge, um, Naby Keita, you know, and, and he's a Mbappe's a player that he's admired for years, and you know he he's spoken to uh, in 2017 to his parents, to his family. He spoke to Mbappe himself and said, "I will always follow your career. I will, you know, 
I'm interested in you at every stage, every level of your progression. And it so happens that he's coming to the last year of his contract at Paris Saint-Germain. And it seems that he's refusing to sign a contract. Now, Paris Saint-Germain are the richest club in the world, but they won't want to let go of a potentially 150 million player for, for free. Now, the funny thing is, and this is what you get on social media, and I get it today because I said, and I said, and I just tweeted, look, continue thinking that we can't get him because that's the best way. Instead of buying into that, just continue thinking we can't get Mbappe. But I know for a fact that we want him. I know for a fact we are trying to work a deal that enables us to get Kylian Mbappe. Now, I'm not a financial expert. I don't know the ins and outs, how we're going to do that. But I know from someone that we are trying to work on a deal. And people talk about, oh, well, we can't afford that. He's going Madrid. Has anyone actually analysed the state of Madrid's finances? Like, it, it doesn't make sense to say, oh, Liverpool can't afford him, but Real Madrid can get Haaland. The, the, who else are they getting? Uh, Alaba. Um, who else, Keith? They're linked with something. Uh, Guys, you know, people underestimate the power of Jurgen Klopp. Now, yes, absolutely yes, Kylian Mbappe, if he asks for the for the numbers that are rumoured to be out in the press, then sod it, forget it, go to sleep. But, Jamie, you know as well as I do, and we all know, there's certain players in the world that are not motivated by just money and figures. They aren't. They look at the project. He's a young lad. Maybe he wants to play for Madrid at some stage in his life. Coming to Liverpool now still enables him to play for Madrid at some point in his life because of the fact that he's 21, Keith, or something like that, 22. Yeah, yeah. He, it's, can give us, right. he can give us a good four or five years um, just because of the fact that he wants to play under Jurgen Klopp and then progress to Madrid, you know, later on in his career, because Madrid's a mess as well. Let's not beat around the bush. And realistically, we're the only two clubs that are interested in him and go for him and, and showed that passion to get him. I'm not ruling it out. I don't I don't rule it out because, you know, I know for a fact we're trying. As unlikely as it seems, don't ask me about the maths behind it. <coughs> it's a project that I wouldn't sort of sleep on. So you're telling me there's a chance? Absolutely, there's a chance. <laughs> okay, there you go. That'll do, that'll do for me. Gav, you ready to go shoot some guns? Yeah, just on Mbappe. Um, Shani was telling me that <laughs> is he has he got a year left on his deal now or two? No, he's got a year, Gav. From, he's got from a year now, from from this summer. He's one year left because That's Shani right. was saying to us last week that there's talk of ninety million is the number. Now, if ninety million is the number, um, I'm I'm all for it. But I just I judging on the financial situation in the world right now and FSG's way of doing things, the only way that happens for me is if a player leaves Liverpool. Um, and I don't... Mbappe is a fantastic talent. Like people are saying in the chat there, 75 million gets you Haaland on his bio. Um, I think Haaland is nailed to go to Man City, to be perfectly yeah. honest with you. I think he's a Guerrero's replacement. Um, but Mbappe is just unbelievable. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. I think it's, as I said before, it's a massive summer for FSG for me. Massive, massive, massive. And, um, you know, I think it counts. It, it's happening at a bad time for them. But I think if they want to, if they want to keep Klopp hungry and this squad hungry, um, I think this is the summer where they need to, they need to make moves and make them big in order for Klopp to fulfill the talent or the potential that could be in the squad. If the, if they spent, um, before, 
before he goes in 2024 because I do believe he will go in 2024. So we'll have to wait and see. I'm, I'm, one I'm, of the I'm, key points, sorry Grizz, before you yeah. jump in, because you're a football man, you'll probably steal my point. One of the key points about the Mbappe and Haaland, people say, you know, Haaland you get for 75 million. We need, and let's not be fools about this, we need the player to buy into what we're offering and we need them to want to play for Klopp and want to play for Liverpool. We need that. We can't compete with the other clubs on wages and on things like that. So while Haaland's buyout might be 75 million, Haaland has no indication that he wants to play for Liverpool. He he will be, and nothing against the lad, he's going to go to the the highest bidder that'll play the money. Man United, Man City, Real Madrid, Chelsea, all these teams will pay more than Liverpool will pay. We need to play on the fact that Mbappe flirts with Liverpool and Klopp flirts with Mbappe and try and get a deal done that he wants to play for the project. It's not about uh, uh, Haaland is cheaper. You need the player to want to come and probably, you know, make his wages up in different, more creative ways. If the uh, auditors are listening, I didn't say that, but we need them to to be a bit more uh, savvy. And it's not just about going out and buying um, I was going to say Alfinger Haaland, Erling Brow Haaland. It's it's about the player having the one to do it. So Mbappe, for as mad as it seems, does seem like the most realistic option. And saying that, we could end up with Ricky Lambert. L- L- just, just a couple of words. LeBron, Nike, Mbappe, yeah. LFC. Just keep an eye on that. Okay. Yeah, very true. I'm off, I'm off to do some research on that. <laughs> <laughs> right, lads. On that note, Gav, Grizz, Keith, been an absolute pleasure, lads. Thank you very much for Thank joining me again. Uh, quick shout out just before we go to football prizes. Um, as we said at the start of the show, there is a Jurgen Klopp signed jersey with the four medals included in the frame. So Premier League, uh, Champions League, uh, Super Cup and Club World Cup winners medals, 7.45 to enter. So make sure you go check that out. Make sure you all... Enjoy yourselves. Have a good week. Look after yourselves. It's not an easy time for everybody, but we appreciate all the chats that have been coming, firing in. Uh, Gav, what have we got coming up the rest of the week? Uh, Grizz is doing some carnage tomorrow. We finalised that today. Yeah, um, we're going to call some carnage tomorrow. And Friday night, Friday night will be the forecast. Um, don't know who's on that yet. We haven't sorted that out. We're off on Saturday and we'll watch the derby and enjoy that and we'll be back on Sunday with the Fat Pack 4. Perfect. Right, lads, look after yourselves. Everyone in the chat, take it easy. All the best. See you next week. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Sports Social Podcast Network.